Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul, test this morning, Jesus. Father, thank you. Lord, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for this time to be able to come into your presence. Thank you for the grace that makes it possible. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. By your blood we come this morning. By your blood we enter into your presence. We give you praise this morning because we know that you are a covenant-keeping God. We give you praise this morning because we know that the covenant is still working. You said that as long as we see the sun rise and set, it is proved that your covenant with us has not been broken. And so, Father, we thank you for keeping your covenant. Thank you for keeping your words to thousands of generations. Thank you, Father, for being a faithful God. We worship you this morning as Jehovah. We worship you this morning as the God who says, I am who I am. Father, be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. This morning, we have just come to bless you. We have just come to learn in your presence. We have come to read the word of God. Father, we ask, Lord, that you will speak to us as we read your words. Father, speak to us. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Help us learn in your presence. Let your name alone be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue our reading. Yes, our reading of the book of Ezekiel. By this time tomorrow, we will say we are finished. We are true, or almost true with the book of Ezekiel. It's been quite interesting. And, and I'm telling you, I have learned a lot from this book. Okay, so when we finish tomorrow, we move on to, in my opinion, my most interesting book in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. Okay, that, this one, that one is going to be amazing, that I can tell you. Um, our pace with Daniel is, will be much, much, much more slower in the fact that it is a prophetic and apocalyptic book. Okay, so but let's let's finish this meal today first. Today we take three chapters, chapters 43, 44, and 45, and then of course finish with 46, 47, 48 tomorrow. Remember that in chapter 41, 42, we saw the restoration of the temple as the temple is restored gradually. Okay, God was showing the children of Israel a picture of of the temple or showing ezekiel and ezekiel is supposed to go and tell the people who were in exile that look this is the vision god gave me okay so in chapter 43 we will see we will see the reason why god was giving them you no know, god gave ezekiel that vision and he was supposed to deliver that vision to them we'll see that in chapter 43 in chapter 44 okay we see a restoration of the all of the order of temple worship remember i said that this can be a bit confusing for some people 
in that when the children was of Israel were carried off into exile, you would think that, oh, it was, they should be coming back to um, the time where the Messiah was, uh, was back with them. But you remember that when Jesus you know, was born, you know, it was dedicated in the temple. Yes, he was dedicated. His parents took him, and they, uh, they, they were. He was dedicated there. Simeon was there. You know that old woman was dead on the day of his dedication. So yes, by the time Jesus will be dedicated, temple worship was 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 present. Okay, so it was God who gave the children of Israel this order, and as long as they maintained it, okay, God was faithful to His covenant, at least until the time when the Messiah. The Messiah comes, okay? God will keep his word with this as long as that holds. So we'll see that chapter 44, a restoration of the temple order. And then in chapter 45, we see the division of the land. Just the same way God did in the book of Leviticus, you know, when he was sharing, giving the land out to them and telling them how they were supposed to live. All right, get your Bibles and let's read together. So I, I've made up my mind that one of the things I'm going to be sharing with us, you know, um, that helps my understanding of, of the study of scripture, you know, I'm going to be sharing a few things I do personally. That way, at least I'm able to get you yourself to be able to read the Bible and understand the Bible for yourself. And then you don't just have to just wait every time for us to come and read it together. Now, I'm not saying it's not interesting to read together, okay? I'm enjoying our time of reading the Bible together. But I also want you to be able to read the Bible for yourself. So one of the things that helps me doing reading and studying of the Bible is to make use of Bible commentaries. Bible commentaries are very, very important. If you're a Bible student, you know, Bible commentaries are going to be, uh, they're going to be it for you. So Bible commentaries simply are just other people's comments of of the scripture that you're reading obviously you're not the first person that is going to read the scripture so other people will share their understanding obviously um to only help you if you you have read it yourself and you understand it yourself okay so there are commentaries sometimes that can be a bit misleading or um, they lack understanding or they take things out of context. Uh, one of the best commentary I, I personally make use of is the Enduring, Enduring Word uh, Bible Commentary. It's a fantastic Bible commentary, okay? It will help you with the interpretation, you know, of, of generally the Bible, okay? So, Enduring Word enduringword.com you find that you find it easy there and just do a do a google search okay you find many many bible commentaries okay that speaks to maybe the book of the bible that you are reading so read what other people have said okay and compare them to what you to your own understanding what that will do for you is give you a broader perspective okay so like i said Bible commentaries will work because you understand, yes, you understand um, the Bible, first of all, for yourself, okay? So you have gained, you're trying to gain your own understanding. You find out what others have said 
about this very topic and i'm telling you in the midst of all that okay you not only gather even much 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 knowledge but i'm telling you the holy spirit is able to give you clarity and understanding that i'm telling you it really really helps me all right let's read this morning um as always we'll be focusing on reading um ezekiel chapter 43 the lord's glory returns the glory of god that left the temple in ezekiel chapter 8 returns in ezekiel chapter 43 in this vision after this the man brought me back around to the east gateway Suddenly, the glory of God, the glory of God of, of the God of Israel appeared from the east. The sound of his coming was like the roar of rushing waters, and the old landscape shone with, glo- shone with glory. Now, first of all, the glory departed. There was no reason for, for anyone to be claimed that, but maybe God is omnipresent. So how can his presence, you know, literally leave a place? Yes, the presence of God, the manifest presence, because that was what this glory was. It was the tangible presence. It said that, look, it shone you know, the glory was shining. He said the sound of it was like the coming, you know, was like the, the roar the of rushing water. Okay? So, in this instance, we are not talking about the omnipresent presence of God. Ezekiel is saying the manifest presence of, of God, which is the glory of God. So, that manifest presence left the temple because of the people's actions. Okay? because of the idolatry that was happening in in the temple because of the idols that they have installed in the temple god's presence eventually left here ezekiel says that suddenly and that's the word i i want to hold on to this morning he said suddenly he saw the glory of the lord appear okay but suddenly it's not just suddenly it was because they had restored okay things things had been put back in order that was why suddenly the presence of the Lord, you know, appeared again. Three says that this vision was just like the other I had, the others I had seen first by the Keb, the Keba River, and then when he came to destroy Jerusalem, I fell face down on the ground, and the glory of the Lord came into the temple through the east gate. Very importantly, the glory came into the temple through the east gate. It was through the east gate that the glory left. So, some things, and one of the things you learn when you read the Bible, you see, you see every single word. Jesus said that not one jot, not one single tilun, tilun, tiny bit of the word will, will, will fall to the ground until they are fulfilled. Okay? So, every single uh, information that you are getting is important. The glory left through the east gate, the east gateway, and then on to the mountain. Okay? the glory will return now and it comes again through the east gateway so this is what i have learned with god see whenever you break god's word whenever ever the glory departs okay uh, from a particular point uh, this is what i have learned you will usually have to come back to that point to correct things and uh, the way one of my mentors put it brother Billy Akoni, he said that look with god there are no abujas there are no shortcuts, okay? Um, if you if his glory departs or you miss it at this particular point, you will have to come back to that point to restore things. 
So as they restored the temple, the glory of God came back exactly where it left, through where it left. It says, then the Spirit took me up, verse, verse 5. It says, and the, oh, let me read verse 4 again. It says, and the glory of the Lord came into the temple through the east gateway. Then the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner courtyard, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The last time the glory of the Lord filled the temple this way was when you know uh, Solomon was dedicating the temple, you know, and they sacrificed so many burnt offerings, you know, to the point where the glory of God came in, and the ministers themselves could not could not minister. But now without any of those burnt offerings or anything the glory of god has returned telling you that um things have, the children of israel have been at least god had forgiven them for the sins that they had committed and they themselves had torn torn from idolatry he says and i heard someone speaking to me from within the temple while the man who had been me- measuring stood beside me obviously so that's a different voice that comes to him and of course ezekiel will say that that voice was the voice of the lord he could discern the voice that this is the voice of the lord it says the lord said to me the lord not not the angel anymore not the man that had been going around taking him on this tour the lord said to me son of man this is the place of my throne and the place where i will rest my feet I will live here forever among the people of Israel. Now you need to take note of this promise. It says they and their kings will not defile my my holy name any longer by their adulterous worship of other gods or by honoring the relic the relics of their kings who have died. The relics of their kings who have died simply I'm sure is talking about the burial place, okay? King David himself was buried in that city. But I'm thinking gradually as they continue to bury the kings, buried some of the other kings were buried in gardens. They were not buried, you know, like in the in the uh, the tomb or the place where you bury the kings. But obviously, as they did that, it was moving close to the temple, and God saw that as a defilement. But I, I said in verse 7 that God said that look, this is the place of my throne. Okay? And he said forever so you need to understand that look israel as a nation has this promise from god okay this one is had nothing to do with the messiah coming okay even when the messiah come this particular place okay he said literally it was where his feet rested upon he said this is the place of my throne and the place where i will rest my feet okay I will live here forever among the people of Israel. Israel has this covenant with God. Okay? You try to take them out. You try to disturb them. You are dealing with God. And eventually we know that Israel will will eventually accept their Messiah. Yes, they are still waiting for the Messiah to come. Yeah, but eventually Israel will accept their, their Messiah. But even without the Messiah coming, okay? We know the Messiah already came. Even without the Messiah, Israel has this promise from God that look upon this mountain, that mountain, mountain, that mountain Moriah, that mountain, you know, that Abraham was going to sacrifice, sacrifice Isaac, that same mountain where the presence of God came when um, Solomon offered so many burnt offerings and the presence of God came. It's that same spot. 
that God is saying my presence is here okay my presence will always be here he says i will live here forever among the people the people of israel it says they put their idols or they put their idol altars right next to mine with only a wall between them and me they defiled my holy name uh, by such detestable sin so i consumed them in my hunger now let them stop stop worshiping other gods and honoring the relics of their kings and i will live among them forever god says stop stop this and you will have me, you will have me with you guys forever then says son of man describe to the people of israel that the temple i have shown you so they will be ashamed of all their sin let them study its plan in other words the reason why god was giving ezekiel okay <laughs> this vision was to make the people ashamed mm-hmm. so when ezekiel gives them you know the vision of the temple I'm sure a lot of them would have been shocked. The temple had been destroyed at this time, but God was telling them to the last detail that the temple was going to be rebuilt. And so they were supposed to feel shame for for the sins that they committed in the past that led to the destruction of the temple. But beyond that, it was supposed to be uh, a thing of joy that God was going to uh, cause this temple to be rebuilt. 11 says, and they will be ashamed of what they have done. Describe to them all the specification of the temple, including its entrances and exits and everything else about it. He says, uh, tell them about the decrees and laws. Write them down all these specifications and decrees as they watch so they will be sure to remember and follow them. And this is, uh, this is the basic law of the temple, absolute holiness. At uh, the entire top of the mountain where the temple is built is holy. Yes, uh, this is the basic law of the temple. Okay, remember we two are the temples of the Holy Spirit and the basic law of every temple. The temple where God dwells is holiness. And so even as a child of God, holiness is important and crucial. 13 says these are the measurements of the temple. There is a gutter all around the altar, 21 inches deep and 21 inches wide uh, with a curb 9 inches wide around its edge. And, and this is the height of the altar. From the gutter, the altar rises three and a half feet to a lower ledge that surrounds the altar and is 21 inches wide. From the lower ledge, the altar rises seven feet to the upper ledge that is also 21 inches wide. The top of the altar, the, the earth, the earth rises about seven feet higher with the horn rising up from each of the four corners the top of the altar is square measuring 21 feet by 21 feet the upper ledge also forms a square measuring 24 and a half feet by 24 and a half feet with a 21 inch gutter and a 10 and a half inch curb all around the edge there are steps are going up the east side of the altar then he said to me son of man this is what the sovereign lord says uh, this will be the regulations f- regulations for the burning of the offering and the sprinkling of blood when the altar is built. At that time, the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok who minister before me are to be given a young bull for a sin offering, says the Sovereign Lord. He says, uh, you will take some of its blood and smear it on the four corners of the altar. 
the four corners of the upper ledge and the curb that runs around around that ledge this will cleanse and make atonement for the altar so then take the young bull for the sin offering and burn it at the appointed place outside the temple area 22 says on the second day a sacrifice as a sin as a sin offering a young male goat that has no physical defects then cleanse and make atonement for the altar again just as you did with the young bull when you have finished the cleansing ceremony offer another bull a young bull that has no defect and a perfect and a perfect ram from the flock you are to present them to the lord and the priest are to sprinkle salt on them and offer them as a burnt offering to to the lord every day for seven days a male goat a young bull and a ram from the flock will be sacrificed as a sin offering none of these animals may have physical defects of any kind do this each day for seven days to cleanse and make atonement for the altar thus setting it apart for only use on the eighth day and on each day afterwards uh, the priests uh, will sacrifice on the altar the burnt offerings and peace offerings of of the people then i will accept you i the sovereign lord have spoken remember that this is the restoration of temple order okay and with the restoration of temple order it is a restoration back of what the promise god the covenant god entered into with abraham okay that covenant will hold firm until christ comes to take the part of all these animals that they are they are, they are using will not be necessary anymore by the time jesus comes and offers his own his own body and his blood as the perfect sacrifice that pays okay, for the sins of mankind once and for all okay so let's go on ezekiel chapter 44 says then the man brought me back to the east gateway in the outer wall of the temple area but it was closed and the lord said to me this gate uh, must remain closed it will never again be opened no one will ever pass will ever open it and pass through for the lord the god of israel has entered here therefore it must always remain shut so one of the things I, I, I realized as you read, you will see that the, the man or the angel that was giving him the tour, who was the one describing everything to him until now, that man keeps silence or kept, keeps silent after now, does not speak. God was now the one speaking to Ezekiel directly. And I'm telling you, I take a lesson from that. From that. I good something to note god does not need to speak to you through angels yes god did in the old testament but when christ came and fulfills everything god does not need anyone to speak to you if god wants to speak to you god will speak to you by his spirit he will speak to you by himself I say again, God does not need an angel because I know that we we want this thing, we want this flashy thing for an angel to appear from heaven and then just shine in blazing fire. It is not needed. All you need, you want to, you, all you need is to hear the voice of God, right? Yes, God will speak to you. He would not need to speak to you through an angel. So yes, yeah, the angel still took him around, but God was the one speaking to him. He says, therefore, it must always remain short. I have come through here. No one else will, will must pass through it. He says, only the priest himself may sit inside this gateway. 
to feast in the Lord's presence. Of course, the prince talking about their king says, but he may come and go only through the entry room of the gateway. So then the man brought me uh, through the north gateway to the front of the temple. I looked and saw that the glory of the Lord filled the temple, the temple of the Lord, and I fell face down on the ground. And the Lord said to me, son of man, Take careful notice, use your eyes and ears and listen to everything I tell you about the regulations regulations concerning the lost temple. Take careful note of the procedure for using the temple's entrances and exits and give these rebels, the people of Israel, this message from the Sovereign Lord, O people of Israel, enough of your detestable sins. You have brought uncircumcised foreigners into my sanctuary, people who have no heart for God. In this way, you, you, you defied my temple even as you offered me uh, my food, the fat and blood of blood of sacrifices in addition to all your other detestable sins you have broken my covenant instead of safeguarding my sacred rituals you have hired foreigners to take charge of my sanctuary of course that was majorly done by by jeroboam when he decided to build his own altar okay on the other side of of israel tried decided to build his altar and then anyone anyone who was interested could become priest. God said, no, no, no. This that's not how it works. He says, no. He says, uh, you hired foreigners to take charge of my sanctuary. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. No foreigner, including those who live among the people of Israel, will enter my sanctuary if they have not been circumcised and have not surrendered themselves to the Lord. And the people of the tribe of Levi who abandoned me when Israel strayed away from me to worship idols must bear the consequences of their unfaithfulness. They may still be temple guards and gatekeepers and they may slaughter the animals brought for burnt offering and be present to help the people. But they encourage my people to worship idols, causing Israel to fall into deep sin. So I have taken the solemn oath that they must bear the consequences for their sins, says the sovereign Lord. They may not not approach me to minister as priests. They may not touch any of my holy things or the holy offerings, for they must bear the shame of the, all the detestable sins they have committed. Why was God stricter with, with the priests? Yes, those who bear God's presence understand this that God will hold them accountable and responsible. For thing, they are to serve as the temple gatekeep temple caretakers taking charge of the maintenance work and performing general duties. However, the Levitical priest of the family of Zadok continues, continued to minister faithfully in the, in the temple when Israel abandoned me for idols. These men will serve as my ministers. They will stand in my presence and offer the fat of and blood of the sacrifices, says the Sovereign Lord. In other words, God rewards faithfulness. He says, they alone will enter my sanctuary and approach my table to serve me. They will fulfill all my requirements. So when they enter the gateway to the inner courtyard, they must wear only linen clothing. They must wear no wool while on, on duty in the inner court or in the temple itself. They must wear linen turban and linen undergarments. They must not wear anything that would cause them to perspire says uh, basically sweat okay of course if they sweat at that point you know you'll be seeing you know literally their nakedness this is when they return to the 
outer courtyard where the people are they must take off the clothes they they wear while ministering to me they must leave them in the sacred room and put on other clothes so they do not endanger anyone by transmitting holiness to them through this clothing they must uh, neither shave their head nor let their hair uh, grow too long instead they must uh, trim it regularly the priest must not drink wine before entering the inner court they may choose their wives only from among the virgins of Israel or the widows of the priests they may not uh, they may not marry other widows or divorced women they will teach my people the difference between what is holy and what is common what is ceremonially clean and unclean they will serve as judges uh, to resolve any disagreement among my people their decision must be based on my regulations and the priests and themselves must obey my instruction and decrees at all the sacred festival and see to it that the sabbaths are set apart as holy days a priest must not defile himself by, be- by being in the presence of a dead person unless it is his father mother child brother or unmarried sister in such cases it is permitted even then he can return to his temple duties only after being ceremonially cleansed and then waiting for seven days the first day he returns to work and enters the inner courtyard and the sanctuary he must offer a sin offering for himself says the sovereign lord the priest will not have any property or possession of land for i alone am their special possession their food will come from the gifts and sacrifices brought to the temple by the people the grain offerings the sin offering and the guilt offering whatever any one sets apart for the Lord will belong to the priest. Uh, the first of the ripe fruits of, and all the gifts brought to the Lord will go to the priest. The first batch of dough must also be given to the priest, so the Lord will bless your homes. So the priest may not eat meat from any bird or animal that dies a natural death or that dies after being attacked by another animal. Alright, so God was restoring, restoring the temple worship okay just the same way he gave moses all right let's finish this one by reading ezekiel chapter 45 it says when you divide the land among the tribes of israel you must set aside a section for the for the lord as his holy portion this piece of land will be eight one third miles long and six to third miles wide and the entire area will be holy a section of this land measuring eight 175 feet by 875 feet will be set aside for the temple an additional strip of land 87 and a half feet wide is to be left empty all around it within uh, around it within the larger sacred area measure out a portion of land 8 one third miles long and 3 one third miles wide within it the sanctuary of the most holy place will be located this area will be holy set aside for the priests who ministers to the lord in the sanctuary uh, they are uh, they they will use it for their homes and my temple will be located within within it. The strip of land next to it, also eight on eight one third miles long and three one third miles wide, uh, will be a living area for the Levites who work at the temple. It will be their possession and a place for their towns. Adjacent to the larger sacred area will be a section of land one eight one third miles long and one to third miles wide. This will be set aside for a city where anyone in Israel can live. Two special sections of the land will be set apart for the priests. 
from the prince. One section will share a border with the east side of the sacred land and city, and the second section will share a border on the west side. Then the far eastern and western borders of the prince land will line up with the eastern and, and western boundaries of the, of the tribal areas. These sections of land will be the prince allotment. Then my prince will no longer oppress and rob my people. They will assign the rest of the land to the people, giving an allotment to each tribe. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. Enough. Enough, you prince of Israel. Stop your violence and oppression and do what is right, what is just and right. Quit robbing and quit cheating my people out of their land. Stop expelling them from their homes, says the sovereign Lord. Use only honest waste, weight and scales and honest measures, both dry and liquid. The Omar are the omer will be your standard unit for measuring volume. The ephah and the bath will each measure one-tenth of an omer. The standard unit for weight will be the silver shekel. One shekel will consist of 20 gera and 60 shekels will be equal to one minor. You must give this tax to the prince, one bushel of wheat or barley for every 60 you harvest. One percent of your olive oil and one sheep or goat for every 200 in your flock in Israel. Uh, this will be the grain offering, bond offering and peace offering that will make atonement for the people who bring them, says the sovereign Lord. All the people of Israel must join in bringing this offering to the prince. The prince will be required to provide offering that are given at the re religious festival, the new moon celebration, the Sabbath days and all, all other similar occasions. It will provide the sin offering, bond offering, grain offering, liquid offering, and peace offerings to purify the people of Israel, making them right with the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. In early springs, on the first day of each new year, a sac uh, sacrifice a young bull with no defect to purify the temple. The priest will take the blood from this sin offering and put it on the doorpost of the temple, the four corners of the upper ledge of the altar, and the gate, gate post at the entrance to the inner courtyard. Do this also on the seventh day of the new year. For anyone who has sinned through error or ignorance, in this way you will purify the temple. On the 14th day of the first month, you must celebrate the Passover. This festival will last for seven days. The bread you eat during this time must be made without yeast. On the day of Passover, the prince will provide a young bull as a sin offering for himself and the people of Israel. On each of the seven days of the feast, he will prepare a burnt offering to the Lord, consisting of seven bulls, uh, seven young bulls and seven rams without defects. A male goat will also be given each day for a sin offering. The prince will provide a basket of flour as a grain offering and a gallon of olive oil with each young bull and ram. During the seven days of the festival of shelters, uh, which occurs every year in early autumn, the priest will provide these same sacrifices for the sin offering, the burnt offering, the grain offering, along with the required, required olive oil. Hallelujah. Alright, so quite interesting as God restores everything, but one of the things I, I really pay attention to is that you will notice that God did, did not separate anymore between male and female. Before, previously, the first temple God described, there was a clear separation, but now, no. The only separation you have was between what is holy and what is unholy. Very, very important. Very important. But remember this morning, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Will you just say, Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for making me your temple. Lord, you said your temple must be holy. So I pray this morning, Lord, I receive the grace to live before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we bless your name this morning. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.